0: This episode of Ghosted in West Virginia is brought to you by Right Live. Weddings, private events, band and DJ bookings, live sound, and more.
1: Contact Right Live for all your event needs. We are dedicated to providing entertainment, promotion, production for all of your special events. Contact them at RightLiveEvents.com, WriteLiveEvents at gmail.com, or on Facebook at right Live. Until then, enjoy Ghosted by Right Live. Hey guys, it is I, from Alec from Ghosted in West Virginia I'm just here to tell you that if you want to help Ghosted uh, become the podcast that you, you know it can be Rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to our podcast And spread the show around Alright, let's really get a lot of people in our graveyard Let's go folks You're listening to Ghosted in West Virginia. Obsessors, oppressors, and possessors. It is I, Alec, your humble, handsome, very tired, and hot, not physically, person. What does the Bible say about marijuana? It says, do it. Are you going to be looking at a magazine all night? (laughs)
2: All
1: Alright, so...
0: You didn't even introduce
1: me. I know, because you showed me a thing and I got distracted. What's your name?
0: Consuela.
1: Banana Hammock?
0: No.
1: Um, are you going to say your name? Julia. All right. That's my wife, everybody. She takes everything so seriously. So we have, I wanted to do um an episode. I wanted to come back to Canada. Okay. Uh, and I wanted to come back to Canada because I, I was, for some reason, I was thinking about the Algonquin natives and their Wendigo. We're not going to tell a Wendigo story, uh, but it got me thinking: what other um, Canadian stories you know that are that are big? Because we only listen, really. We only think about what's going. On. <sighs> He's got a bat.
0: <laughs> He'll um, beat us up if we say something wrong.
1: We only think about. Stop that. Stop it! Stop it! Stop! <laughs> He's just gonna come over here and make as much noise as he can. He's
0: gonna hit you with it next. Here he comes.
1: And uh, so I thought, you know, let's do a Canadian horror story, a Canadian ghost story. So I picked two. One is more recent than the other, but still kind of old. Um, the, oh my god! <laughs> stop
0: that it's
1: adorable what are you going to hit me with it now he is he's hitting me with it jerk baby he's hitting it on the ground as hard as he can ladies and gentlemen I want to apologize so we have one from like 18 from the 1800s uh, and it takes place in Amherst Canada I think is is uh, Either the house that we're talking about Is called Amherst Or the place that it takes place in Is Amherst And then the next story After that we have Is a 1660 Sorcery story Ooh. So without further ado Let's get into this Now if you have any questions Jules Throw them out at me If you have weird statements I want to hear them Let's really flesh this episode out. Okay. Flesh of my flesh. Bone of my bone, blood of my blood. Mix fluids with me.
0: Ew. Mm-hmm. No, thank you.
1: You, want, you don't want to swap spit?
0: No. But
1: you, you used to love that.
0: I germs.
1: I want to give you germs. Mm-hmm. I want to give you my germs. You know, my germs taste like cotton candy.
0: Do
1: they? And syphilis. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so, there was a book called The Great Amherst Mystery, written by Walter Hubble, and it tells uh, of his personal uh, haunting experience, and what was purported to be one of the most widely witnessed poltergeist phenomena in history. Now, we've seen that claim before. So, but every time that claim happens, it is quite a lot of people seeing it. Yeah. Uh, Right from the front of my mind, the Lindley Street haunting where everybody, like, they couldn't get into their own house because of how many people were there. Do you want me to go get you your fan? No. You're dying over here.
0: I am. Is let me, my face red?
1: Yeah, let me go get you your fan. It's okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pause, and when I say, and I'm back, it may have been a few minutes for me, but it'll only be no seconds for you. I'll be right back. And we are obnoxiously back. How's everybody doing?
0: And I haven't died yet from a heat stroke.
1: There you go. All right, so... Hubble witnessed uh, events and the family in their home from June 1879 to August 1879. So he stayed with them for about three months. Right, June, July, yep. He stayed with them for about three months. Uh, Hubble believed that because of the fact that he was a stage performer and actor... He believed that if he stayed with them long enough he 'd be able to pick up on the parlor tricks that they had used um, and, and because he mainly believed that uh, magic acts were like you know fake yeah. and Harry Houdini also went through a period of going through these things and see you know debunking them as fake because while he was a Uh, He wasn't a magician. He was an escape artist. But he had an interest in paranormal and was hoping every time he would go somewhere that it would be a real paranormal case. But it would just turn out to be bunkum. Except for one uh, that he could not figure out. And I can't remember... I feel like it had something to do with twins. Hmm. But I can't remember exactly what it was. I heard it on... um, Oh... I want to say Weird Darkness, but I could be wrong. There was another one that I... I another podcast I used to listen to that would tell you scary stories. Yeah. Not really scary stories, but, like, the paranormal stuff. Like, there was one story about a family that went out to the woods and just disappeared after acting erratic, packing up their house and stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: That's neither here nor there. I just don't remember what the podcast was called. Um, so, he believed that he'd be able to decipher any trickery afoot or deception tactics uh, that were being used widely, or he thought that he'd be able to find these because of the the widely reported Amherst haunting, and he wanted to expose the mystery as being fraudulent and put uh, uh, a fraudulent act being put on by the afflicted family. And uh, here's a picture of good old Walter Hubble. He just kind of looks, looks like a... Creepy. He looks creepy. looks like a, a douchebag. He
0: does.
1: Um, so, uh, truth has been s- said to be stranger than fiction. And I think the fact that... Uh, well, okay. So, here's, a, here's the straight quote from Hubble. Truth, it has been, is often stranger than fiction. What I have written is the truth and not fiction, and it is very strange, written by Hubble in eighteen eighty nine or I'm sorry eighteen eighty eight so a full ten or a full nine years after he experienced this he got he got everything he needed out yeah. uh, and uh, speaking from a historical standpoint, the closer the writing is to the event, the more credible it is. So, like when in religious stuff, when people talk about.
0: So, like the Old Testament?
1: No, not like the Old, but like um, the New Testament, when they were talking about the crucifixion of Jesus and his life and times and things like that, that is only about 40 years removed from his death. So, within those 40 years, you can, you can believe the historical account of what happened. Yeah. You know, they mentioned Pontius Pilate, Caiaphas, which was a, a priest, one of the high priests at the time. These people existed. These people are involved in the crucifixion of Jesus. And, and so you can say that historically, these are h- accurate depictions of a person that existed. Same here. He claims that they're written as fact and not fiction. He says, you know, I was there. He only wrote it nine years after the events. And we don't know how long it took him to write the book either. So what I'm saying is, it is very possible that these are extremely accurate depictions of what he witnessed. That being said, let's go into it. Afternoon of August twenty eighth, eighteen seventy eight. Nineteen year old Esther Cox, love the last name by the way, went out driving. With did they have cars in the eighteen hundreds? Am I dumb? I
2: believe. I
0: think.
1: Did they have cars? I don't
0: know. Maybe we're both dumb.
1: If they had cars, it it would have to be a Ford, right? Like the didn't he build the first car? I don't know what... I've never seen anyone type on their phone like that. That's cute. You just, like, typed it like it was a thing.
0: The automobile was first invented and perfected in Germany and France in the late 1800s, though Americans quickly came to dominate the automotive industry in the first half of the 20th century.
1: Okay, so then chances are they were driving. Okay. Uh, Bobby... Oh, nope. Nope. Listen to what I say here. During their drive, uh, Bobby McNeil suddenly pulled the buggy over in a remote area and pointed a revolver at Esther, commanding her to get out of the buggy. Unsure of what nefarious plans Bob had in store for her, Esther was terrified and refused. Esther's refusal made him increasingly irate, but luckily, she was saved by the sounds of another wagon approaching. In the distance, fearing of being caught, Bob put away the revolver and drove Esther back home. Locals described Bob as cruel and even went so far as to say that he would skin cats alive and then watch them run around in pain for his amusement. That's disgusting. That's terrifying. I'm not sure this thing's going to pick you up with you all the way over there. Why didn't you just move the chairs? I
0: told you it's too much.
1: It's too much. I'm exhausted. Oh, you're exhausted. Okay. Um, Unsure. Oh, wait. We've already said that part. Okay. So, he was said to have uh, left Amherst shortly after the incident, but was still alive in 1879. Within a month after this frightening attack, mysterious events at the Teed Cottage in Amherst, Nova Scotia began to occur. While several son, can you please stop touching the fan? Tried
0: to
2: put
1: my comb in. I saw uh, after or while several ghostly entities would be identified throughout Esther's coming ordeal, it is worth mentioning that the chief ghost sharing several traits in common with Esther's attacker would come to be known as Bob. During the three months Walter Hubble spent observing these events, he was unable to come to any firm conclusion as a, in his attempt to supplant the supernatural explanations uh, with more mundane reasons. Did he just unhook the fan?
0: No, he just
1: turned it off. Turned it lower. Yeah. He said, Ah! It's blowing me away, mother! He did. He put his hands up like, ah! The wind's too strong for me. Here comes the crime. I don't know why you picked him up and then thought you were going to put him down. You better pick him up again. He's all right.
0: Be um, nice.
1: During the three months, you know, he spent several times trying to figure out how to explain away their supernatural experiences. Hubble's theory was that the astral body of Bob McNeil had been tormenting Esther at the behest of a demon called Bob Nickel. So Bob and Bob are mad. Although why why is a demon given a last name and why is his last name somehow mundane? That is
2: strange.
1: Have you met my demon Bob. Bob Nichols, his name. He he's uh, actually in insurance. He only demons on the side.
2: Sounds also, like
1: I thought this dude was supposed to be in there saying, "Oh, I know how you did this with this mirror." He's not supposed to be in there with astral bodies.
2: Right?
1: Oh man, I can't with the astral thing. I can't. Have you have you astral projected? No. No. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Oh. You, um, okay, you say so. Hubble believed that after the attack, the demon attached itself to Esther instead and was the most active spirit. So he's all in. He went in there saying there's nothing supernatural, and then he went straight, there's a well, and he dove in to save Timmy. He was he was just all about it. Uh, the University of California archives, um, internet archive, Says that Esther Cox lived in a small house with her married sister Olive and Olive's husband Daniel Teed, along with their two young sons, Willie and George. Esther's sister Jenny and her brother John and Daniel, or um, and brother John and Daniel's brother, also named John, lived with them as well. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, eight people.
0: All the same
1: house. All in the same house, but this is the house here. This, this is the. Go, you're good. You're safe. Did you hurt your toe? He's got a hangnail
0: that looks pretty icky.
1: Oh man, is it gonna kill you? Mm -hmm. It will. (laughs) Less mouths to feed. High five, Jules. Up high. That's a finger. Um, this is the house, so eight people might not be too far of a stretch. Maybe if you had an attic or a basement, although that house doesn't look like it does. It's probably quite a bit of a stretch, actually, now that I look at the house. Uh, it's not warm enough for you. Sometimes, you drive me insane. So, the nearly year-long haunting of... uh, Yep. Is it... Oh, okay. Get out. Bye-bye. See you later. Hasta luego. Get out. Bye-bye. Shh. Goodness gracious. Anyway... Oh, i thought he was coming back <laughs> the year-long uh haunting of esther included a wide range of activities including objects disappearing and reappearing in other locations as you and me um spontaneous fires <laughs> that would not be fun i
0: feel like that was us at one point in time
1: <laughs> we never had spontaneous fires when we have fires
0: When you left the candles burning.
1: That was because I (laughs) let the candles burn on something plastic. I'm about to I'm about to let him play with this knife. So he can stab that dog over there. Jeanette. I think oh no he didn't. I was gonna say I
0: think Max took
1: his pizza, but he didn't. Oh. Well then I guess we can say he's a good boy for that. Then she also heard disembodied voices and unexplainable physical ailments. The voices would eventually identify themselves as Maggie Fisher, her sister Mary Fisher, Peter Cox, Jane Nickel, Eliza McNeil, and Bob Nickel. So are Jane and Bob related demons? Like, what's up with that? Relating one of these attacks, Jenny described her sister Esther as appearing with her short hair almost standing on end, her face blood red, and her eyes looking as if they would start from their sockets. <clears throat> What's
0: that mean?
1: Um, I guess, like, pop out of know. their socks. Like, out of their socks.
0: Like, <laughs> their eyes would be like, ah! Like bulgy?
1: Yeah, I guess. While her hands were grasping the back of a chair so tightly that her fingernails sank into the soft wood. Esther's account was that she was so swollen she felt like she would burst and her skin had become incredibly hot. You remember that um, we were going over... I'm not sure if we did it in The Haunting of Connecticut, but I've talked to you about it where the the mother had welts all over her body and they were red hot to the touch. So, that seems to be a common theme in a... And we did
2: talk
1: about that. Oh, it it was in there? Okay. Uh, When a local doctor named... Hey, Jakey, could you possibly, like, sit closer to it so that you could turn it down without it? Because I'm just very distracted. I'm a distractible, easy kind of person.
0: Me too. That's why I had my magazines, too. Not that I look through them, but I, like, I play with the pages.
1: Yeah. Um, so... With a local doctor named Doctor, I'm gonna say Carwright. Not sure if that. What was that? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> It
0: was just Maxie.
1: <laughs> I felt nothing but a. Well, you remember what happened last night to my butt. You remember?
0: <laughs> I do.
1: Um. <laughs> you be quiet. Oh my <laughs> God! What was that? He ran himself into the chair with his excitement. (laughs) Sorry about the crying, folks. You know how life is. We're trying our best. I don't even remember where it was. Hold on, let me see here. Okay, so Dr. Carwright was called to the Teed College, College cottage several days later to examine Esther's strange symptoms. He diagnosed her with nervous excitement. ...and prescribed her a sedative to help treat it. In his account, Walter Hubble reports that Dr. Carwright attempted his medical intervention for Esther Cox with strange effect. He informed me... This is a quote. He informed me that on one occasion he had given her one ounce of bromide of potassium, one pint of brandy, and a heavy dose of morphia and laudanum. He was trying to kill this woman! Um, on on the same night without the slightest effect on her system he stated on the same evening that the medicine was neutralized by the ghost and we're back again I stopped him from crying by putting him at the hat chair or at the table with a piece of pizza 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 ready set (laughs) Um, So anyway, he informed Nope, no pizza left No more Not allowed
0: I just tore that apart to try to give Oliver some
1: So He stated on this same, same Evening that once he had given her Or he stated on this same Evening that all the medicine was Neutralized by the ghosts In December Of that year, Esther was diagnosed With diphtheria and during this time, all paranormal activities ceased. However, once she returned home, guys, if you have multiple children, find find a
0: podcast. now
1: find a find a boarding school. That's what you need to do. I wish we could afford a boarding school. We would send one of them. I don't know which one. That one, right there. The little one? The littlest one. He just... Ew! Oh, my goodness! <laughs> and
0: that's why.
1: And he'd be like, I'm going He said, ah, no! No pizza, please! I don't wish for it! Um, so, the, you know... Uh, during <laughs> the time that she had diphtheria, all paranormal activity ceased. However, once she returned home... Small fires again began to start around the house, including one in the cellar. All family members, including Esther, were visible and accounted for when the fire started. Shortly after that fire, a ghost appeared to Esther and insisted that if she did not leave the house that very night, he would set the loft on fire and burn them all to death. The family knew that Esther had to leave and they were able to find temporary shelter for her at John White's home. Both the Teed Cottage and the White Home... I wanted to call it the White House... Uh, experienced a lull in ghost activity. So as soon as she was out of the house, nothing was happening. For either household, though. That's what's weird to me.
2: Yeah.
1: Is she just causing all this somehow? But again all of them were there visible when the fire in the cellar started. I don't know.
0: Maybe something in her mind.
1: Like ESP or something? Yeah,
0: ESPN. No, (laughs) That reminds me of Mean Girls. It's in the
1: game. Oh wait, no, that's EA Sports. It's in the game. Yeah, EA Sports.
0: Um, um.
1: Say, it's in the game? Oliver? Ready? It's in the game. Ready? Woo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: good job.
1: Good boy. Um, so anyway, all good. Yes, you clap. First, the ghosts, uh, but soon the uh, previous pattern began to repeat. Um, the first ghosts began to make contact with Esther in the White House. Then the fire started, and in fear of losing his home to fire, John White convinced Esther to accompany him to work at the dining saloon. Still, the ghost followed her and showed off his abilities to many guests and strangers. At one point, a knife belonging to John's son was taken from his hands and had, and instantly stabbed Esther in the back twice. I've never heard of a poltergeist doing that, man. Woo! Well, you know what though—the polter, the the wit, the bell witch killed John. We did that episode, That's true. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, afterwards, the knife was locked away in the cash register at White's Dining Saloon, and uh, this is actually a picture of the title page of the book with an affidavit. stating that these things he saw and stuff like that and affidavits are very important yes you can lie on any document it's not really a moral thing but affidavits and all that it's all very serious kind of stuff after the escalation of events esther moved around several times uh, back to the teed home and then to home of neighbors but the ghost followed her wherever she went each time the events began to spiral out of control with fires or violent actions, and Esther would be asked to leave in order to prevent irreparable damage or other serious consequences. I mean, if it's willing to stab her in the back.
2: Right. You know,
1: Um this is a pamphlet for his book.
0: Great Amherst. And, and,
1: and we'll put all these pictures up on Facebook. I'll try and send them to you. Instagram, that's what we're doing. Uh, So this next one comes from the National Library of Medicine. Neighbors, wait, am I right about that? No, I'm not right about that. Neighbors, friends, and townspeople witnessed these strange happenings around Esther Cox, and they were widely reported in the local news. The Amherst Gazette published several accounts by locals, including the loud sounds that could be heard by people in the streets as they passed the house. In August 1879, Walter Hubble saw Esther for the last time, leaving Amherst with the mystery unsolved. He's got his shirts, his hands stuck in your shirt, and was freaking out.
0: And he doesn't like this braid I've done. Oh, man. He pointed at it and (laughs) squawked.
1: Can you do that? (laughs) Um. So, sometime later, he wrote to Esther's family to discover her fate and learned that Esther had been implicated in a barn fire in Amherst later that year. Because of her location in relation to the barn and outbuildings, which were totally destroyed by fire, Esther was arrested and eventually convicted and sentenced to four months in jail for arson. She was released after a month and did not experience further poltergeist activity. By 1882, she seemed to have finally moved on from the hauntings, was married, and had a son. The ghost no longer bothered her from this point on. Stop it. I'm going to have to pause. And uh, so, you know, she had quite a bit of problems. Now Walter Hubble had arrived in Amherst, committed to disproving the haunting as a hoax because of his personal Mm -hmm. experience with individuals fraudulently claiming to be in touch with the spiritual world however he reports that in the end he came to believe that ghosts were real and from uh this is an excerpt of what he said from what i saw and heard In the haunted house, I have been led to infer that ghosts of the dead live in a world similar to ours and that it is to them just as material as our world is to us. Despite this testimony on ghosts, Hubble did remain critical of people claiming to be spiritual mediums, claiming that at least less than 5% had actually ever seen a ghost uh, uh, or even had a message from one. So that's the great Amherst mystery. All of a sudden, it just, she gets arrested, and all of a sudden, the arson things stop.
0: It's creepy.
1: So either she's causing some of the fires, or she just happens to be in the way. And I'm going to say she's probably not causing at least some of them, because yeah. she was not near the cellar one. Yeah. So this next story is actually from the 1660s. It's called Sorcery in New France which is now known as Quebec City. In 1660, or in the 1660s, New France was a frightening place. It's tiny population, tiny. Why is it that I see a number like this and don't think that's very tiny? It's because of where we live. I
0: was going to say, have you looked at where
1: we live? It's tiny population of... Oliver, you're not supposed to put the magazine in your mouth and pick it up. Don't look at me like that. That's not how you do it. No, don't eat the okay. stick. Don't have children. Don't have children. No. Stop it. You're going to bite that off. Why? Hey. No, you're going to stab your eye. Get look. the pencil away from him. Look. Give him a crayon or something. Look. look, here, I'll give him a marker. That'll be better. At least he'll mark up his face and not Woo. the inside of his eye. Is
2: look. it a permanent marker? No, it's just
1: oh, a crayon. Give him that one. See how he feels about that. Although he seems to be enjoying the pictures of cats. He oh, he's cats. Go, He's looking at the cats and going, ooh, ooh. Let me see if I can get him. Eee.
0: Eee. Look at this kitty.
1: Ooh. <laughs> he likes cats, apparently. So, let me, uh, so the tiny population of 3,200 French settlers... 3,200.
0: That's not tiny. That is not tiny. They need to come here. (laughs)
1: Right? We have what? 200, 300 people? Yeah. Uh, The French settlers constantly lived in fear uh, of raids carried out by fearsome Iroquois League. (laughs) Jesuit missionaries were taken captive, tortured, and killed. Deadly epidemics raged. And everywhere it seemed that there were omens of more calamities to come the earthquake that happened last winter this is a, a excerpt from something someone wrote uh, the earthquake that happened last winter in Montreal made the settlers tremble in, adva- er, in advance causing them to dread the misfortunes which followed that baleful omen uh, and it said the 1660-61 edition of the Jesuit re- Revelations Goodness gracious! Uh, I cannot. Uh, and then here's another one: the lamenting voices that were heard in the air over Trois Rivières uh, might have been the echo of the poor captives carried away by the Iroquois, and the canoes that seemed to be flying in the air, all on fire around Quebec, were only a feeble presage of enemy enemies' canoes. please stop oh my goodness there you go oh I don't I don't like you today son guys I I would like to very much apologize for the behavior of my one year old he is, he is quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for?
0: Cantankerous?
1: Cantankerous and annoying. <laughs> All right, here we go. It, oh, man, I thought he was about to stab somebody. I was a little concerned. Ew. At a, Him. At around the same time, the Ursuline nun, Marie de l'incarnation. Incarnation... Also wrote of disturbing voices heard in the air and a fiery canoe in the sky as well as other strange phenomenon. And apparently this fiery canoe event got retold several different places uh, as it, like it became an urban legend from this moment. From this story and other people... Where are you going? To go get my Oh.
2: Um...
1: Uh, it became, like, so, you know, everybody, it became one of those things where everybody, I know a person that knows a person that got a call from someone that was coming from inside their house or something like that, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, this, the New France, as it was known then, is where it originated from. Uh, but she wrote of disturbing voices heard in the air in a fiery canoe in the sky... As well as other strange phenomenon. What's more, La Incarnation wrote in a letter to her son. What? To her what? Son? She's a nun. <gasps> yeah, she probably, yeah, she probably got it before she was a nun. They they did that thing back then.
2: Did
1: they? I don't know. I remember that remember that Devils of Loudon? The the priest was just boinking everybody and they were like, We're done with this so they put his, his foot in a boot that was, like, crushed it. That was in our uh, No Sympathy for the Devil episode.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to say, it sounds kind
1: of familiar, but... Um, but, uh, what's more, it was discovered that there are sorcerers and magicians in this country. Le Incarnation observed that the strange events started happening after the arrival in 1660 of a ship that was carrying new colonists. Among the passengers was 16-year-old Barb Hale, also known as Halley, Halle, or Hallie, Halle like, like those are different, uh, and a man named Daniel Vuel, a Protestant-born Frenchman who seemingly converted to Catholicism during the voyage. According to La Incarnation, uh, during the overseas journey, Vuel uh, had tried to seduce Halley but was refused. After settling in Beauport near, near Quebec City, Vale carried on his trade as a miller and Halley went to work as a servant in a manor's house. Or, I'm sorry, in a manor house. In December of that year, the manor house suddenly fell prey to a strange phenomenon. According to Jesuit missionary Paul. Ragu? Ra- Ragano. I'm going to say Ragano, but I'm pretty sure I like Ragu better. I ragu,
2: too.
1: Um, the girl's home was so infested uh, that stones were flying from all sides, thrown fi- by invisible hands, hurting no one, though they flew through 20 persons or so with a noise and a force as great as if they had been launched by a mighty arm. So, somehow, something threw a stone, but missed 20 people.
0: Interesting. So, it's like they were almost doing it, like, like, for
1: attention? Well, no, I, I would say it's more of like it was thrown fast, but also guided like a missile. Why? No, you can't play with this stuff. Why do you keep getting on the table? Don't you have a grandparent you can bother? You love Nana and... and, and I ain't saying that last one. Don't say ack. (laughs) No, I was joking. He's not here. He brought you back because he was tired of you. he brought
0: him back because
1: he pooped. Oh, that's all? Yeah. They don't know how to change diapers over there?
0: I don't know. They're they're too old to change
1: diapers. Ah, Yeah, fair enough. So the young servant soon experienced demonic visions as well. Uh, Quote, the only possessed girl or only the possessed girl saw the demons who appeared to her under various shapes of men, women, children, beasts, and hellish specters and at last spoke through her mouth without seemingly using the possessed girl's voice. So apparently these uh, spirits would talk through her and, and not, but they wouldn't be her voice. So he, he's this is an ancient is 1660 ancient? Is that, is that considered an ancient thing? How far removed is that? I
2: wouldn't think it's, it's quite let's ancient let's see, 16,
1: yet. 17, 18, 19, 20. It's about 500 years ago. That's almost, a, that's, that's half of a thousand. Well, almost 500. We're not in 2060 yet. What constitutes ancient then? Are medieval people ancient? Medieval medieval people with castles and, and junk, are they ancient? What is ancient? We're gonna look this up right now. Uh forget about Hallie and her and her demon possession for a second.
0: Ancient history covers all continents inhabited by humans in the period of three thousand B C and A D five
1: hundred. Oh, so so she's not ancient then. Right. That's what you're saying, okay. So, I guess she's just kind of old at that point. But still, you know...
0: 1,500 years old or more is ancient.
1: 1,500 years or more? Okay. All right, so only the possessed girl... So, what he says here is that she spoke, but it wasn't her voice. So, you got a 1660 version of someone... Yeah, you can draw on that if you want. Uh, you got a 1660 version of someone that is, um, what do you call it, uh, demonically possessed and using different voices for it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, first local people thought that the house was haunted and Hallie was moved to another place but to no avail. The case came to the attention of Francois de Laval, the bishop of New France, who ordered an exorcism. Wow. See, now that, they didn't even wait for it. They were like, yeah, no, go ahead, exercise her. They were wondering. Yeah. They were like, I mean, sometimes she speaks as if she's not her. All right. No mental illness. They didn't have mental illness in this time. That, no. that That didn't exist yet. Um... When the local priest had no luck expelling the demons, Laval came in person to try and exorcise them himself. The bishop was no more successful. Stones continued to fly. Halley was finally moved to a colony's hospital, Hotel de... Hotel Dieu de Quebec. I don't know d i e u any of you French students that listen to our show if uh, you don 't mind commenting when we post this episode, find the episode on our on our Facebook page and tell us how to say this word because I would like to know a little bit more French. but this hospital was run by a convent that housed catherine de saint augustine augustine Augustine. Augustin.
0: Would it
2: be
1: Augustine? No, there's no E. Uh, Mother Mother Catherine knew something of demons. Widely revered as the holiest woman in New France. She allegedly had been obsessed with the devil since the 1650s. I, how is she the most holiest person but obsessed with the devil? I don't
0: know.
2: Maybe she
1: just knew a lot about him. Maybe. So, demonic obsession, as opposed to possession, meant that she was a victim of attacks. Oh! Oh, I get it. She's not super into them. They're using obsessors, oppressors, oh, okay. and possessors. That's, I'm, I'm so dumb. I came up with the obsessor. Pro- oh, man. That makes me feel stupid. We're going to have to change everything now. Um. Yeah. I was was joking because I I didn't get the obsessed. I was like, oh, why is she so interested in him if she's the holiest woman? Uh, Demonic obsession as opposed to possession meant that she was a victim of attacks by demons but remained in control of her body. According to Raghu, various figures, either to fool her, either to scare her, sometimes they would shake her bed... Um, during the night and other times they would act on her tongue and other parts of her body to keep her from praying aloud, confessing, receiving communion, taking holy water, or make the sign of the cross. In trying to heal Callie, Catherine to St. Augustine, reportedly, did I just do it again? Did I call her Augustine or Augustine?
0: Augustine. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so dumb um, Reportedly invoked the wrath of the girl's evil spirit Those unhappy demons This is a quote Those unhappy demons Unable to intimidate her With all of their threats Tried to support surprise De St. Augustine yeah. Augustine <laughs> By changing themselves Into angels of light In order to delude her Wrote Ragu. In the meantime, the col I don't even care to get his name right. In the meantime, the colony's authorities came to the conclusion that Hallie's demon had been brought on by her fellow traveler on the ship from France, Daniel Vlo. V- the I'm gonna call him Veal. Uh, okay. It's V U I L, so it's not even close to Veal. Voul. <laughs> Did he just
0: say it? He did.
1: You get out of this house. You're not supposed to be better than French. Than anybody.
0: doing
1: beautiful art. I see. He's working it. He's getting it good. So, how'd you say it? Voul. Voul. Daniel Voul. Her would-be suitor. Now, they took as proof the fact that the girl said he had started appearing to her. Though nobody could see the specter except Haley Vool was nonetheless arrested. Oh, man, how would you like to be arrested? He's all the way over here. (laughs) Hey, we're coming to get you. Why? You've been appearing to this woman. (laughs) I was in the tavern last night. Doesn't matter. You were there. We saw you. You were with people. In Marie de Incarnation's view, the man was a wizard. Yes. He was Gandalf and Dumbledore. Facing the girls, <coughs> facing the girls' view—or I'm sorry, facing the girls' refusal of his advances—Vul would then have decided to achieve his ends through the ruses of diabolical acts. She wrote, "Witchcraft was not the only reason authorities had been arresting Vul. Bishop Laval had traveled on the same ship Vul and Halley had and was convinced that he had converted Voul to catholicism during the crossing yet once in canada it was discovered that take your cup away from him no no
2: okay
1: you can't eat that no what are you doing sit down sit don't suck on the marker Anyway, uh, it was discovered that Voul was still a Huguenot. In the eyes of the Catholic Church, that made him a relapse. So, someone that said, I'll do one thing, but they actually went back and did another yeah. that was similar to their lifestyle. Are you going to sleep on the table? Take a picture of this. This this can be a picture that we put up on Instagram for our show.
0: But his legs.
1: Well, I let it. He's drawn all over him. It doesn't. Oh, he got up. He knew what was happening. Never mind. Hey, Oliver. Oh, look at him laying down. This is a good boy. <laughs> Anyway man, I'll tell you what if uh if i if if I was like arrested because a dude was like, "Oh, you pretended to be one thing, but you went back to the other I'd be mad i'd I'd find the metal I'd melt the metal on the bars, and then I'd come fashion a knife, and I'd stab that priest with it, <laughs> my prison bar. Um, but this relapse that he was uh, uh, given the title of is a very grave offense, which was punishable by death in those days um, because of religious intolerance. Yet another reason, oh, man, I wish I had not used this phraseology. Yet another reason for fingering Vol. Was that he was accused. <laughs> I, I meant like they were pointing fingers, but then I was like, oh, no. He's been trying to get this woman the entire time, and here they are fingering him. Uh, uh, yet another reason for fingering bowl was that he was accused mm-hmm. of selling liquor to local First Nations people. Oh, come on. They, they've they been displaced. You people keep kicking them out. Right. Of where... Just flick things at me. Man, that went far. Um, Let's see here. Where am I? Oh, I spelled fence wrong, too. What is going <laughs> on? This contravened an edict that recently adopted, or then recently adopted by the governor and rigidly enforced by Bishop Laval, who excommunicated those indulged in the traffic. Okay, so let me get this right. I just want to make sure. The Catholic Church 100% was okay with trafficking children, but not trafficking alcohol to people that are being treated terribly and probably could use some. Yep. I'm I'm telling you, I'm so proud of Catholics. So proud. Like, Will, I know you're going to listen to this. I want you to know your people are probably the ones that are going to be going to heaven. All right. Based on everything that the Catholics have done, I say they're probably going to be the first ones at the pearly gates. Can you hear the facetiousness in my tone? And I'm not talking about the people that like I'm talking about the leaders of Catholicism. I'm not talking about Catholics themselves. Let me let me make that clear. I'm not talking about your average Catholic. I'm talking about the priests and the what the crap are you doing? I can't even see your face now. You've got so much hair covering it. What are you doing, Garth?
0: (laughs) My hair is getting on my nerves.
1: Don't you cut it. I'm
0: not, but man. There's so much of it.
1: The bob so hot. While I did enjoy the Bob haircut, is that what you called it?
2: Yeah.
1: While I enjoyed that, I like you with long hair a lot more because it actually looks like I'm married to a woman. (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) proof.
1: Listen, you fart constantly.
2: No, I don't.
1: You burp. You're you're crass. You are a man with boobies and a vagines. You hear what Daddy's saying. Well, I had to censor myself, so I couldn't finish the word. Hey, stop it. He's like, I'm coming to get you. While I stand on this table. Anyway, so Protestant... He's a Protestant accused of being a relapse, an alcohol trafficker, and a witch. All these things did not really look good for his, let's say, survival. Not to mention, the Salem witch trials were just getting ready to go underway in 1692. So we're only like 30 some years away from mass panic. Can you go somewhere? You're in the middle of this conversation. What are you doing? Why is he standing on the table moving around? Come on, man. No. Dude, he needs medication already.
0: My mom asked me the other day. She said, why do you birth such hyper
1: children? <laughs> he doesn't stop. Look, he's about to put his hands in the, in the, in the fan. Now he's dropping. Dude. Dude dude now
0: he's
1: coloring the table oh man oliver this is a longer episode than we wanted it to be it's already at 52 and i haven't even finished the story because you're a monster yeah suck the banky <laughs> uh but the you know Salem witch trials were coming up around 6 9, 1692 witch hunts were uh more common in english colonies than they were in new france but here they are happening anyway. So indeed, vol was uh, arc boost, arc arc boost, arc boost, arc boost. That can't be a word. You ready to look something else up? Because I don't know what this word is, and and I feel like uh, spell it a r q u e. Stop it! Oh come on, you jerk. Get him off the table.
0: A R Q U E.
1: B. <laughs> Jeez. And that scared him. He immediately had to jump in mommy's arms. Like Shaggy um, to Scooby.
0: B U S?
1: E D. Let's see what this means. Oh, boy. Oliver, don't get on the table again. You scared yourself last time. And what happens when you fall off the table? Apparently it's a that's not
0: a word. It automatically changed it to ES. And it's a type of portable gun supported on a tripod.
1: Okay, so then, okay, so he was shot. That's why this has parentheses shot. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I didn't know if it was saying, like, this means shot. But if it means shot, why are you using the word? Just use the word shop. Right. Uh, and the reason I say that is because this, I forgot to say, this is a quote from an article uh, <laughs> during that time. Get away. Put him on the floor. He'll Jacob, scream. get this baby and throw him outside. Oh, that was, that was fun. Don't actually put him outside. Come on. Just let him have fun somewhere. Get wow. he has he has toys somewhere. Get him a whole bunch of them. Yeah,
0: put some in his
1: little football. Put yeah, get him get him some toys. So uh Vol oh, I thought he threw him in the toy box. <laughs> Vol uh was shot October seventh, sixteen sixty one. So a year after this stuff started happening. And he was shot in Quebec City. In the absence of why is this trying to do... T- I'm good with what it says. Thank you. Uh, in the absence of... Uh, crap. Oh, documents related to his trial. The exact reason for his execution is unclear. Why are you coming back to me? And he's hitting me with his balls. And he just came over, squealed twice, and then hit me. And now he's playing with water. Topic of debate for historians. I'm going to go with witchcraft. I'm going to say he was probably Probably shot because they thought he was a witch. The unusual punishment for witchcraft in New France. You are not getting back up here. No. You You were awful. He
0: keeps yawning.
1: Well, he's tired and he woke up before he should have. No, don't do that. Oh, yeah, Jules, unbutton them pants. Oh, my God, what is with the red? Dang. You need stretchy pants to be more comfortable. Stretchy pants are the way to go. Unless you're going somewhere that's important. Stretchy pants. That's all I wear. We had
0: company today,
1: thank you. <gasps> Melissa's not company, she's friend. Company would be like... branded. While he's our friend, he doesn't come up and hang out all the time. That's company. He can't
2: wear
0: stretch pants when he comes
1: to visit. Oh no, he'll look at you and say, mm, "Let me get some of that white bread, butter me some toast." What? on now What are you doing now? Why do we have children? The. I bet it does. It looks like eagle wings, though. It is. Um, The unusual punishment for witchcraft in New France was banishment, not death. But, considering the fact that this dude used to be a Catholic, went back to being a Huguenot, and was being accused of witchcraft, I say that's why he was killed. Historian André Vachon said the real reason for his execution was that he sold alcohol to the aboriginal people. Now, this is not Australian aboriginals. This is just the indigenous people at the time uh, that they came in. At the time, the colony traded with the Algonquins, oh, uh, the Montagnes, and Huron, and other groups. Others have argued that liquor trafficking was not, uh, at that time, an offense punishable by death, but religious offenses, such as blasphemy and... Pro- uh <laughs> Prof Profanation. Profanation were? Profanation. Profanation. I'm guessing profanity. Cussing, maybe. Cussing or maybe
0: I wouldn't have lasted. I don't long.
1: know. No, we wouldn't have. According to historian Vincent Gregor. Gregory? Gregor? I don't know. It's I actually learned. What the crap? Where is he going why is he so fast and why does he walk like chucky get him get him a butcher knife and and run around oh jacob let zoe out
0: but make sure you shut the door so the baby doesn't go too
1: uh but vincent Gregori says that he was most likely shot he dropped it and is trying he was like yes i'm gonna get over there uh most likely was shot for is he
2: laughing What's he laughing
1: at? Jacob, oh. I'm doing this. He was most likely shot for returning to the Protestant faith after his alleged conversion to Catholicism by Bishop Laval. In any event, he was not buried in a Catholic a a, a Catholic cemetery. He's not buried at a Catholic cemetery. And his exact resting place is unknown. After Vol's death, Halley continued to be plagued by demons for some time. Finally, in 1662, Catherine de Saint Augustine... It's Augustine! What is wrong with me? Why can't I say Augustine when I'm reading this?
0: I don't know.
1: Why did he just laugh at Jacob as he came out of the hallway? He was just walking. Is know. he on drugs? I think
0: he's delirious. He's so
1: tired. <laughs> um, she was said to be plagued by demons for some time. Finally, in 1662, Catherine de St. Augustine, there we go, found a novel way to protect the youth from demon attacks. She... Oh, now he just stopped, so it sounds like I'm a crazy person. Um, (sighs) All right. Um, St. Augustine found a novel way to protect the youth from demon attacks. She had her so. Or she had her sewn into a bag. Ew. I'm I'm sorry, did I read that right? She yep. <laughs> she sewed her into a bag. That's
0: super
2: creepy.
1: Whatever the rationale, this combined with the allegedly miraculous intercession of the spirit of Jesuit martyr, Jeanne de ah. Rebuff. What did you just do? He's inspiring me. He so bit he's you? Him? I think it was a pinch. Oh, see, it's adorable. It's it's very adorable. It's just super distracting when I'm trying to read uh, what I've written. I mean, I just read that they, in order to stop this woman from being attacked by demons, they put her in a bag and sewed it up. Like that wouldn't be something. And he's just running around as if demonly possessed. Running after his brothers, and then when they look at him, cracking up and running under the table for protection. How am I supposed to pay attention when he's doing stuff like this? You can say he's just (laughs) having fun, and I am perfectly fine. Look, look, he's like, hey, hey, why aren't you chasing me? And look, he's. And he's got a giant red mark on his forehead. I'm guessing because he ran into something. He did have a big bug bite. Oh. How am I supposed to do this with that? And now he's found something to make even more noise. And now he's going to run under the table and then run out and hit the things. I'll, I'll do it in between. Here it comes. See, here it comes. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't.
0: People like our faces.
1: I know, but they're I love this. but we're an hour in already, and I haven't even gotten to all of it. Oh my lord. I know. Alright, so she gets sewn up in a bag. So whatever the rationale is, uh it is alleged that a miraculous intercession of the spirit of Jesuit martyr, Jean de (laughs) Bois, and now he fell over, seemed to have worked. Hallie eventually recovered her health. She left the convent and led a normal life afterwards.
0: Them.
1: so here we go I'm sorry about that but I wasn't sure you guys would be able to hear me over that joy so she recovered her health after this after the bag incident um she left the convent and led a normal life afterward marrying I, I, you know honestly 1600s you get sewn up in a bag That sounds like it would be a normal practice like if if it was gonna be commonplace anywhere to sew up a, a woman in a bag, it would be the sixteen hundreds. <laughs> and what I love is, did she like? Were they voluntarily? We're gonna put you in the sack and close it up, and that'll stop the demon. Like,
0: well, I also disgustingly pictured them actually sewing her skin into the bag so she like couldn't get out of it.
1: But but you were cracking up when I am saying. I
0: know. Something's
1: wrong with me. Oh my goodness. Oh my. Is he? Is he back under the table? Oh, it's like the goat under the bridge, man. Anyway. So, she leads a, a normal life afterward. She marries a man named John Carrier. I'm I'm saying carrier, but I'm pretty sure if we were to read it in American without the French it's carrier. <sighs> the laughter. Anyway, um and uh she marries him in sixteen seventy and then dies in sixteen ninety-six at the age of fifty-two, which is a respectable lifespan for that time. The incident involving how'd you say it? Vol 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 and Halley stands out for being relatively uncommon in New France. Three decades later in the neighboring New England, witchcraft hysteria culminated in Salem witch trials of sixteen ninety two. Total of two hundred people, most of them women, were put on trial in Salem, Massachusetts, and twenty were executed. Wait, so hold on okay i know it's a travesty that that these people were murdered like it was a big deal even you know because it's still remembered so clearly it was like a what did they do kind of moment but if they had 200 people on trial and only killed 20 of them that seems like a small number like, they made it sound like they were fanatics about finding but I witches. But that like,
0: was only in Salem. There were other places that had witch trials,
1: too. Well, no, I know, but everybody remembers the Salem witch trials because they were so, let's murder these people. But if they had 200 cases of witchcraft investigation and only decided that 20 of them needed to be executed, that that's not that big of a travesty if you understand what I'm saying like they could have murdered all 200 of them yeah. and that would have been a massacre but we're talking 20 people out of 200 put in that perspective why is the Salem Salem witch trial such a big deal you you can't shrug your shoulders on air Jules (laughs) I don't know Okay. I mean, people
0: still got killed for
1: no reason. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that their deaths were awesome. I'm saying we we might be making a bigger deal out of something that isn't. So witch hunts never really reached this level in New France. You know, cases in which people were accused of being in league with the devil were few and far between. There was one incident uh, that involved Montreal innkeeper Anne Lamarck. Who f- was formally accused of witchcraft in 1682? Witnesses testified that she possessed a book of magic and spells. In her defense, Lamar. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see your hand.
0: <laughs> so, the Salem witch trials contributed to changes in court procedures. That's why it was important. That's one of the reasons why it was important.
1: Okay. And but I'm saying they're making it seem like like every time you talk about Salem witch trials it's talked about like it's some sort of genocide and it was 20 people out of 200 That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's it's not like Yeah. They make it when you're talking about the Salem witch trials they make it sound like they murdered everyone that they put on trial
0: yeah:
1: but if they're putting 200 people on trial and only killing 20 of them, clearly there was some sort of process they had that stopped uh, 180 of them from being killed. hundred pe- 180 people were not murdered. 20 people were.:
0: well, This here says. The hysteria began to lose steam in 1693 when the governor of the colony, upon hearing that his own wife was accused of witchcraft, ordered an end to all trials.
1: Oh, I see. How nice of him.
0: 20 people and two dogs were executed for witchcraft. Dogs? Yep.
1: All familiars. What, no cats? No Just snails? Dogs. No random fish in a trough?
0: And then 20 years later, the government apologized. Huh. Surprise, surprise.
1: I don't know that I'd apologize for 20. I might apologize for 200, but 20, that's
0: a... I think all the people who were involved in it should have gotten the same treatment. Do you?
1: Yes. Well, okay. Let's talk about this. Because we never actually have had a dialogue. We'll get to, to the rest of the story. We're almost done with this. We'll get to the rest of it here in a second. But let's talk about this. So you think, put yourself in the mindset of someone during this time. Okay. Your mindset is, witches exist, they're evil, they cause bad things to happen in our community. Okay, so that's the mindset. With that mindset, would you still say that these people that did this... Needed the same thing to happen to them? Or would you feel that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing?
0: I just, I don't...
1: Like, of course we view it as horrible now, but...
0: Right. And so why is it okay to cause this whole thing over fear? But no one was afraid of the people who were like, let's kill all these women because they're witches.
1: Because during the time witches were not like they were in league with the devil; they had no goodness about them. To the people of this time, but they did. But, but the, not to the people of this of this time. You can look now and 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 say, "All oh, witches do this and that. They're they're only about goodness and mercy," which you know isn't true. Black magic exists. Well,
0: yeah, but a lot of these witches were like.
1: Not witches. Well, yeah, they weren't they even weren't witches. witches.
0: They worked with herbs and oils and stuff but, like that. But this
1: is also a time where medicine wasn't a thing. Like they were putting leeches on people to get diseases out of it's them. Just disgusting. Yeah, but that uh, like medicine was viewed as a bad thing. It's the dark times. You know, it's it's what do they call it? The the dark dark ages. Dark ages. There, it's dark ages.
0: I don't know. I
1: just, I don't agree with it. Well, no one would agree with putting someone through what they put them through unless you're from, that's what I'm saying. If you're from that time, this makes sense. If you're not from that time, it's a deplorable act. But if you're from this time, the only people that think it's deplorable are the people that think they're innocent but no one thought they were innocent because of the hysteria and everyone was afraid of witches because everything that they knew came from the bible and the bible says witches use the power of the devil or or actually it doesn't the whole reason witchcraft in the bible is said it it's, it doesn't give the power to the devil it's not it it never specifically states that the powers a witch has come from the devil you know where the powers of the uh how the ancient Jews would have viewed uh the powers of witches coming from how they would have viewed it as coming from the other gods. You know, because at the time at Jacob, what are you
0: doing? I see Okay. Well isn't it correct that somewhere in the Bible someone uses crystals or gemstones for protection?
1: I don't know if they used crystals or gemstones for protection, but uh, mineral rocks had s- yeah. very important implications in religious stuff. The uh, Jewish priest would have to wear a plate of twelve stones. That's
2: what I was thinking of. But about.
1: they would, they would. It wasn't for protection. Was it was, about. it was for. Uh, it, it wasn't like any mystical properties or anything like that. It was about um, the. Uh, Jacob, can you sit still? I'm, please. Oh, oh man, I don't know that I'm. I might need to get ADHD medication back. Um, but it was what were we, oh it was it, they had twelve stones that all represented twelve tribes of Israel, so it wasn't anything mystical. It had to do with representation. Oh, well, and what about like the anointing oil? The anointing oil was. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what, what that would be about.
0: And some churches have incense they take through the whole Don't place. don't
1: talk to me about the incense. That started as that started that wasn't that was that uh, That started as a tribute to Constantine. Incense was mainly used by pagan religions. And then, in order to consecrate the area or give tribute to Constantine, who allowed Christians to do things, they were they were they they used incense as as a sort of tribute to him. But
0: isn't Constantine the one that made all the people convert to being Catholic or something?
1: No, Catholicism didn't exist when Constantine was a was an well, emperor. What did he do? He just he helped them he ended their persecution during during his reign for his for his side of the empire and then went into the other side of the empire and ended persecution there He put the uh labrum which is uh, what Christians were using to identify themselves on his uh shields and stuff and also declared um that that it would be a accepted religion and he started building them church buildings to meet in like basilicas and stuff like that
0: who was the one that tricked all of the pagans into being catholic or christian by their holidays
1: just over time catholicism did that I
2: thought it was
1: Constantine no, Const- Constantine had very little to do in fact he didn't He I don't know that he influenced any doctrine but he did influence what would go on inside of the basilicas that he was building and stuff like that. Not anything like, you can't worship here, you can't say this, but more of like, women sit over here, men sit over here, here's, here's where... If they
0: were married?
1: Yeah, well, it was, it was customary. It was culturally customary to sit uh, on opposite sides. Not because, just, it's just cultural. Men and women did not sit together. They still shouldn't. Okay. (laughs) But getting back, oh, wait, what was that? Man, I am so tired of having children. If anybody would like three children for a weekend, you can come get them. You can come get them right now, starting this weekend. Because he's, the baby's cute, but he keeps drumming on things and laughing and having joy. And I have no joy. So why is he getting no? <laughs> but, all right. So getting back to this. Thank you, Jacob. You're a
0: dementor.
1: I am. Yeah. Uh, getting back to this. Lamarck stated that it is a treatise, or I'm sorry. Where was I? Oh crap. Where was Something
0: I? Something about the witch child.
1: Um. Cases in which people were accused of being in league with the devil were few and far between. One incident involved Montreal innkeeper Anne Lamarck, who was formally accused of witchcraft in 1682. I do remember reading that part to you. This part, witnesses testified that she possessed a book of magic spells. In her defense, Lamarck stated that it was a treatise on herbs and medicine. So, see, it's, you know... This is a classic case of her not being a witch She just knows that certain herbs And spices and stuff works um, Protected by Highly placed friends She was acquitted and barely escaped The sentence of banishment In New France where men greatly outnumbered Women there was more than one case In which a man was accused of putting A curse on a woman who had Spurned his marriage proposals 1657 Sixteen fifty seven Rene Besnard Dit Bajoli Why do these French people have to have so many names? Right. Like we've got three if that. Calm down. Uh, but this dude was convicted of placing a sterility spell on both the women who had turned him down and her new husband. The couple was unable to have children, and their marriage was eventually annulled due to perpetual impotence caused by magic. I've never heard of that. Uh, that sounds Italian, but it's French. Barjoli's punishment... You okay?
0: My legs hurt really bad.
1: Well, I promise, we're almost done. We're right at the bottom. Borgioli's punishment was banishment from the colony. As for Catherine de Saint Augustine, is that how I said it? Augustine. I think so. Yes, I got it right. Finally. She remained in poor health and reportedly besieged by demons of all sorts until her death in 1668. After she died, Raghu published her biography, making publicly er, making public the saintly woman's struggle with demons. However, the reaction of the church was lukewarm. This kind of mysticism had started to go out of fashion, thanks in part due to a new kind of rationale of thinking, which was influenced by philosopher Rene Descartes. I don't know if you know that name, but he's, he's rather rather famous in in philosophical circles. And others uh and and that's what uh, was shaking up Europe at the time. So, you know, they were starting to change their viewpoint on this during this. And then 1682, French royal ordinance laid the groundwork for decriminalizing witchcraft. Hmm. So I guess witchcraft was the weed of the 1600s. Yeah. It mentioned alleged witches and considered them blasphemers and or charlatans but may, made no reference to their supernatural powers. So at this point they're kind of like, ah, are they really doing something?
0: I was about to say, do they really have supernatural powers? Though? Yeah. Uh,
1: which is exactly what they were talking or about there. They have a mental illness. The last execution <laughs> of a witch in France took place in 1718. So, you know, Let's see, you have uh, the witch trials in 1692, 1718 is not too far behind that. Uh, In the whole, so maybe that had an effect on it. Um, In the whole Western world, the witch hunting craze that had claimed thousands of lives since the early 1500s was receding. Even the Salem affair of 1692 stands out as an exceptionally late case. New France had been relatively spared of it, but not completely, as with the case of Barb Halley and Daniel Vuhl shows. And thus concludes our hour and a half long episode. I am so sorry it's so long, guys. And sorry for the baby. While his joy was wonderful, it was very distracting, and now his cries are even as distracted. So thank you very much. And remember... When you go to sleep tonight, curl up because Vol, Dakar, and Bojole are going to get your feet. Good night, guys.